Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is uh, Ravi Sahu. He's the founder and CEO of Strayos, S-T-R-A-Y-O-S. And that's the website too, strayos.com. Ravi, how are you doing today? Hi, Richard. I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm interested to talk to you about your, uh, your computer vision work uh, with mining. So if you don't mind, uh, let us know what does uh, Strayos do? What's the premise of the company? Absolutely. So Strayos uh, is a 3D computer vision and machine learning platform uh, for mining industry. And more especially what we are doing in this industry to help uh, is to optimize drilling and blasting operation that happens on a daily basis by using drone images or any camera images and the sensor data that is collected by utilizing drill machines. So we make it easy for uh, the drilling and blasting users to generate, uh, collect data, uh, analyze it, and then uh, use it uh, to make effective drilling decisions. What kind of things happen in uh, drilling and mining and blasting that cause inefficiencies or problems or what happens? What goes wrong? Yeah, that that's uh, uh, that's very kind of you know one of the uh, core uh, problem that our platform is solving is uh, mining is a very cost sensitive business as you know they they can they they can only innovate and improve more on the uh, profit uh, on the margins by reducing their cost right and the more better data they have the more analytics that they have they improve on those cost metrics they have. So one of the things that uh, they are looking uh, to improve is uh, how effectively they can drill, So, which means uh, if they identify uh, an area where they have to generate a raw material, which is practically happens on a daily basis. Uh, so what they are looking is to generate an optimal amount of rock size. And to do that, you need to have a very accurate drilling. Um, and then um, uh, once the drilling is done, you need a proper amount of energy distribution, which is basically a placement of uh, explosives to push uh, that wall, and, uh, to push those material and blast it out. Uh, and that requires a lot of uh, uh, just basically understanding of, you know, calculations, what's uh, there, what's there as a part of the geometry uh, of that particular area, what the geotechnical attributes are there. If they have those decisions uh, before they actually start putting machine to start drilling, if they have those data points, they can make very effective decisions about that uh, area. That how, what, uh, how much amount of diameter is required? How deeper it needs to be drilled? How much amount of material is there in each uh, drilled hole? Uh, and then how much amount of actual rock is going to come out when uh, they would do the blast? Uh, so all these factors uh, help them to not only reduce the cost, but also improve the safety because they're not putting a person in harm's way uh, now. Otherwise, in traditional ways, uh, what they're literally doing is a person is going up and down the high wall cliff and they are collecting data by laser scanners. And that requires, uh, it's a very time consuming process and you're always putting a person in harm's way.
Now, if you have automated yeah. way of doing the data collection and the analysis, you're you're saving basically a lot more on the cost side, but also improving the safety. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, how often do you observe when you're doing uh, drilling or exploding that uh, you know the movement of rock will not happen immediately, but will slowly happen over a period of you know seconds or minutes or hours? And what you thought maybe looked okay now is changing or splintering or cracking and causing a potential hazard. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's uh, mining and uh, uh, this operational activity, which is basically drilling and blasting, is a very frequent activity. And the way we see the mining is is a uh, is, is a moving factory, right? Where uh, there is a constant change happening in that mining site. So that's why you know we define it as a moving factory uh, and. The way we uh, look into the aspect of, you know, this mining attributes is, you know, why, uh, how often they need to do is based on how often, what's their goal for the production. Uh, so there are about 14,000 uh, open surface mines are there in uh, U.S. only. Uh, and these are, well, you know, some are small size, some are big size. Uh, but really what they're uh, doing on a daily basis is, you know, if they are looking to generate a million tons of uh, material, and it could be, you know, a material uh, local, state-wise, you know, they are looking to supply them for uh, building infrastructure, building roads, uh, construction materials. Um, that's how the demand is being created. Uh, so if uh, uh, if a site, a mining site, is looking to generate a million tons of material per month, uh, they would do at least six or uh, seven times drilling and blasting per day. Uh, and that, that goes for like six days a week. So it's a very high frequency item and a lot of, uh, uh, no. and one of the things that we have noticed is mining uh, industry is going through a shortage of uh, skilled labor uh, or just labor in general. And one of the ways that uh, they are looking to address this problem is through automation, uh, data analytics, much more faster, you know, production uh, through improved uh, decision making by utilizing, uh, um, you know, job site automation or the data analytics uh, in general. So that's where we fit um, into their value chain and also the solutions that they are looking. All right. So what's, um, you know, is this in use in uh, various operations, this, um, you know, computer vision application? What are you seeing? Are the benefits of the differences by using it? Yeah, uh, the in case of uh, uh, the drilling and blasting, uh, when we look into that, you know, the uh, the usability in this uh, industry, we have about 240 uh, sites where our uh, uh, platform is operational. Um, the the biggest benefit to the computer vision uh, they get is not only uh, they are able to uh, get the very accurate data but they can also um, look into the other types of ancillary benefits, which is environmental aspects, uh, right? So every time a blast happens, uh, they uh, have to uh, report to the local, uh, uh, basically they have to maintain uh, a document or compliance uh, uh, for the local, uh, you know, uh, uh, local government or local municipality, uh, and that's one of the areas uh, that also they can uh, use the computer vision uh, data is uh, identifying uh, if any uh, activity has happened after the blast. So 
one of the things that uh, uh, usually our uh, product provides uh, in a more automated ways uh, after the blast happens, whether these explosives which was used um, in the site, if there is any leakage was there or if, uh, this emulsion, right, you know, whether uh, that has been uh, spread uh, in the site or not. Uh, so quickly detect those and uh, let uh, the site manager know where are the areas uh, where the potential uh, the leakages is happening. So earlier they used to like walk and inspect. Now before uh, not sending a person there, you know, uh, in harm's way, and then you can easily detect before um, you send a crew uh, to inspect that. So. These are the uh, ancillary benefits, you know, that they get uh, uh, through the computer vision. Um, and overall, uh, uh, the, the applications are pretty global. So uh, we've been currently operational in about eight countries. Well, what are some things that you notice that are surprising or interesting or useful? Uh, so from uh, what we when we started. Um, when we started our company and we thought, uh, you know, the drilling and blasting is one of the use cases that we want to, you know, target where lots of problems are there. Uh, but as we continue in this journey of uh, understanding the problems uh, from the user's perspective and, uh, uh, you know, building the product as well as uh, making it uh, usable uh, in the site, uh, one of the things that we have noticed is uh, the problem doesn't. Uh, uh, the problem is not only at the production level, but also after the material is produced, there is other sorts of problems are there. Uh, so that becomes, you know, perspective for us. You know, when you ask, uh, when you ask me, you know, what are the other interesting things that you know we see that you know uh, we have not thought of or it's useful is after the material is generated, mining industries spend about 40% of their cost on the transportation of these materials, and what we see is the production. Plays a heavy role. How the production has been carried out, it impacts the downstream transportation supply chain. So now, what we are doing is, if we can really predict uh, uh, after the blast happens, you are essentially moving a piece of the earth, right? You have basically cut out a piece of the earth, and now you have to redesign your ramp. Uh, you have to redesign your roads uh, to, you know, move the trucks in uh, to clear those materials or to have the bulldozers or uh, uh, loading and hauling trucks uh, move those uh, piece of the material that's been carried out. But uh, through our, uh, we can, can you, yeah. Have you, have you seen anyone that does predictive blasting where they blast in such a way that it'll actually be beneficial to clear it or it'll be easier to clear it than just blasting and saying, oh, look, here's this stuff went all over the place. Now we got to clean it up. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's a really great question because one of the uh, metrics that we um, uh, that we aspire for, kind of, you know, is uh, not only a distributed or balanced rock size, but how uh, the loading, Im loading and hauling gets impacted uh, if you are moving that material uh, through the haul trucks. So if you are blasting a certain piece of uh, uh, the mining site and you're generating material, uh, you want to be you want to uh, optimize in a certain way that your transportation uh, cost is also less. Uh, so uh, loading and hauling, it's uh, a lot of, you know, cost-effective, uh, uh, needs to be cost-effective in such a way that when you are moving out, it has less fuel, uh, you know, cost. Uh, because if you are loading the larger boulder rocks, if it's not uh, 
balanced or if not so refined, uh, then you are basically not utilizing your haul trucks in an effective way. Uh, also, if your road grades, if you have designed the ramp in such a way that it's not uh, effective, then you're again putting a lot of pressure on your trucks. Um, huh. And these trucks burn a lot of fuel um, in one day, you know, this, uh, and also it has uh, adverse impacts on the tires. So that's the um, reason what when you say um, how this production impacts the transportation, that's where we are tying back the data now from the production to the transportation uh, to control. If we do the production better, the drilling and blasting, you can optimize on the transportation as well. What about for um, for drilling? I would think that if you have computer vision and you know the cameras are mounted right near the bit, and as you're drilling through you know rock, if you're observing the changes in the rock, you know the, the movement of winds and the different nature of the rock as you drill, you can adapt your drilling as well because that's more of a continuous process. Yeah, uh, uh, you you hit the right point there because that's exactly what what we do is. Um, so first, uh, our platform provides uh, uh, through machine learning based on the geometry and the geotechnical attributes of the high wall or the mining area that uh, this is what the suggested pattern is. Uh, this is what your whole number of uh, drill holes is required. And this is what the depth should be and this much number of uh, uh, points um, uh, you should be drilling. And that data gets wirelessly transmitted to drill machines. Uh, so we have integrated our uh, software uh, to uh, OEMs, uh, drill OEMs, um, and once they start drilling uh, through the designed uh, uh, reports that you know we produce, uh, we can real time see uh, they are drilling, uh, what how they are drilling. So and now we can see at Estreos platform what's the deviation happening. So you can quickly course correct. If there is any uh, inaccuracies are happening there, if there is any uh, undetected, un, uh, like you know, structure is there as you are drilling, so that you can course correct and tweak, and that's where the real uh, optimization comes in because uh, uh, and this drilling, uh, uh, they uh, the this drilled uh, bits they have a sensor, so it can detect other attributes like you know, hardness and softness. And as you keep drilling, a lot of the structures get changed, right? You know, some they may have different composition of materials altogether, like granite, limestone, and uh, uh, so those information gets instantly recorded in the software. And that's where bringing the uh, greater optimization for uh, uh, the drilling. And once the drilling is right, a lot of the other uh, factors get right then on the blasting side. What is the computer vision looking at? Does it look? Can it tell like mineral content, or you know, what can it? Uh, what can it tell? What are you looking at? What do you see? Yeah, the computer vision part uh, becomes handy here in uh, the understanding of once the um, uh, either through uh, the collection through the mounted cameras in the uh, conveyor belt or the drill machines, uh, all we are getting is the uh, terrain data. Uh, and then uh, processing that uh, terrain data uh, to understand what the fracture is. Like, you know, if, the, if your wall have uh, any high wall uh, fracture uh, data is there, what the geometry is there. Uh, so, and then we generate a 3D model for that. And once the 3D model is generated, we apply uh, uh, machine learning on that area is uh, uh, how, uh, what's the weak spots 
and what's the strong spots in this uh, uh, bench is or the high wall is, right? Or uh, uh, if, if you have a, a ramp there, uh, whether uh, uh, when you're blasting uh, this certain piece of the high wall, uh, this uh, rock will fly into certain direction, correct? Whether that will fly uh, uh, to a ramp area or whether that will fly into a floor area. So all those type of analysis, you know, we are doing through the computer vision. How fast is the uh, computer vision? Is it processed in real time or is it a delay we have to wait? Yeah, so uh, our computer vision engine that we have is uh, usually uh, depends upon the num uh, uh, basically the size of the data set. Uh, and these data sets are constantly evolving, right? So uh, if we have about, you know, 500 uh, images, you know, usually roughly, uh, it takes about two hours, so it is not real time uh, uh, because it's uh, uh, a lot of uh, geometrical attributes also get fed in. Uh, so it's just not about the detection or uh, segmentation. So uh, uh, usually uh, for uh, less than 100 uh, images, it's about you know 30 minutes. Uh, the user can get the data and get up and running. Uh, but if the, as the data size increases, the time also increases in the computation as well. What do you wish the systems could do that they can't do right now? Uh, uh, one of the things, uh, if I understood your question right, you said what what are the other uh, systems they can do that we can do right now? Yeah, you want the systems to improve and evolve and be faster and better. So, what are some of the things you wish that the software could do but it can't do right now? Oh, gotcha. Okay, uh, definitely real time. Real time. That's where we want to uh, go. Uh, improve, uh, bringing the processing at the edge. That's our goal. Um, where the user is feeding the data and they are getting the results instantly as they are feeding the data. So processing at the edge. Uh, uh, that's where, uh, and it has certain dependency on the uh, the network improvement of the you know the the data you know processing capabilities as well. Um, so, and in the mining uh, areas, as you know, that, you know, these are all very remote sites, so they don't have that, you know, uh, great connectivity. So that's one of the things, you know, if uh, the connectivity itself, you know, can be improved, uh, it will be easier to bring uh, the edge processing. Uh, so the more and more um, the adoption, uh, as we are seeing about the platform, uh, it becomes more important uh, to get to the level of the edge processing where they can see like real time uh, uh, health of the um, mining uh, you know site. So the bigger impact that we want to create for the mining industry is where, uh, uh, where the production uh, is optimized. If it's not optimized, how we can you know do it real time, get an alert to the site manager so that they can uh, make a lot of like not only uh, production related decisions, but also uh, how the compliance is structured, how the safety is structured, uh, and giving them uh, real-time alerts about, you know, this one of the areas if site is not maintained properly, they can quickly uh, take actions. If uh, there are uh, 500 trucks which are moving in the site, uh, and if we are constantly at the edge processing the data, streaming the data, and building analytics for them, instantly they can optimize the routes as well. Uh, so these are the things that, you know, uh, we wish to kind of, you know, uh, do in the future that currently uh, the software is not, not doing. What kind of uh, mining or drilling environments 
are the most expensive because of the way they're done right now and are in the greatest need for this kind of um, software. Yeah, so the mining, uh, uh, mining, especially kind of drilling and uh, blasting, it's uh, uh, it's an industry where they uh, that requires a lot mm. of uh, uh, not only uh, careful planning uh, about what they're doing, but very accurate data. So if you see, it's a very uh, this industry has not uh, uh, changed, I will, and uh, it's, it's not about like they don't want to change. They they don't want to adopt something which is going to uh, create a problem for them. Uh, so the the industry itself is they are willing to you know adopt new technology. They are willing to uh, change, but it's the change comes sometimes you know comes uh, with a cost for them. Uh, so they've been using the same technology like laser scanners from last 20, 30 years, and uh, they've become very comfortable with it. Uh, and, but uh, it has its own set of uh, uh, it has its own set of limitations that comes along with it. Uh, and as uh, the industry is moving forward, which is you know kind of industrial revolution 4.0, right? What we uh, talk about uh, bringing AI, bringing uh, computer vision, bringing a lot of IoT uh, into play into the heavy industries, uh, those uh, laser scanners uh, basically are limited in those aspects that the data stays with it, but cannot be uh, optimized or utilized uh, to become better, uh, so basically to, to make your mining smarter, to make your drilling and blasting smarter. So that's the... Uh, Kind of uh, shift that we are uh, making in this industry uh, from not only from the drilling and blasting perspective, but you know overall mining. Well, I just wondered: is underwater, you know, drilling explosions uh, much harder than others? You know, underground mining and the surface mining. Um, are there any scenarios that like desperately need this work more than others? Yeah, uh, currently we are um, uh, targeting open surface, you know, mining. We have uh, uh, we are testing few use cases underground as well uh, by uh, by utilizing different types of sensors uh, on the computer vision side, like hyperspectral imagery and uh, lidar imagery uh, data. But um, that's still under the testing phase. Uh, and but uh, what we have developed for the drilling operations uh, on the open surface mines that can be easily transferred uh, to the underground as well. Only uh, thing is the sensors, uh, the data acquisition method will change. Very good. So what's the best way for people to get in touch and to find out more about uh, the computer vision you provide? Uh, yeah, for uh, uh, to learn more about us, you know, we uh, uh, kind of visit our uh, uh, website is treos.com. Uh, we also have a lot of uh, written more about uh, uh, the effective kind of uh, how the computer vision and machine learning is uh, impacting uh, this industry uh, in, a, in a whole. Uh, so there are a lot of uh, blogs and articles out there that we have written. Uh, also, we have a lot of, you know, few white papers as well, uh, which goes into much more technical items of this. Uh, so if anybody is interested, uh, uh, I'll be happy to share that uh, and you can reach out to uh, my email ID, which is Ravi, uh, R-A-V-I, at istreos.com. That's great, Ravi. It would be a bad joke if I said the conversation was a blast, but it was a good conversation. Very interesting. So I appreciate you coming. Thank you. 
You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, both to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. 